encountered the Lord and really um, thought about some of the lessons that we've been learning over Advent. And for those of you that haven't been here for our series, which is called, based on this book, Making Room in Advent, by the artist Ben Dickinson, and also uh, Danielle Strickland has uh, contributed a lot to the resources for this. It's a wonderful, wonderful book, so maybe you'll get it throughout the year and read it over next Advent. Uh, but I just want to take just a couple of minutes, because so many of you have mentioned to me how the Lord has encountered you through this series, that I just want to do a quick review to remind you of those things that the Lord has brought to your mind, to all of our minds, and taught us. So uh, at the beginning, we asked ourselves, how can we make room for God's promises? And we looked at the lesson from Zechariah, that we needed to wait with expectation. Mm -hmm. We needed to wait and cling to God's promises so that the waiting time is not fruitless. It's very fruitful as we cling to God's promises. So we looked at Zechariah. And then we looked at uh, Mary. And we looked at how we had to make room for limits. How we had to embrace our own limitations because God says, it's, our limits don't hinder him. He says, I meet you in your limitations, and then I expand you. Like he met Mary in her limitations, with all her limitations, and then expanded her to make room for his son. And then we looked at Elizabeth, and we looked at the fact that Elizabeth excuse me, was confident in who she was in the Lord, and in God's plan for her life, so that she could call forth the song that Mary was made to sing, that created to sing. She wasn't jealous of Mary's role in the story. She wasn't, um, she was able to see past herself and to see what God was doing in Mary. And as the Holy Spirit came upon her, she called forth this Magnificat, this song that Mary sang. And so we need to be secure in who we are in God. We need to each be secure in his love for us individually, and we need to be secure in the fact that he has good plans for each and every one of us. We need to play that truth, and we need to call forth in others the song that God has called them to sing. And we can't do that if we're always jealous of somebody else or looking and thinking that what God is doing in their life is better. We need to say, Lord, I want to encounter you. I want to encounter you personally so that I can then be a witness to what you're doing and I can call for what you're doing in other people's lives. And then we said, we talked about how we need to, need to make room for preparation. Just like John the Baptist brought the mountains down and raised up the valleys, he addressed things that needed confession and repentance. But that's how we do it. Confession and repentance are absolutely crucial tools in our lives. Confessing and repenting of pride and grief, those mountains that need to be lowered. And confessing and repenting of those ways that we have um, seen other people groups as less than or when we had uh, insecurities that need to be brought up, raised up. We need to make the road straight for Jesus, for his kingdom to come more fully in our lives. So we took a look at how we prepare well for making room 
for Jesus. And of course, woven in there, we talked about making room for the marginalized, and we talked about making room for justice. There were so many key lessons in this book. And today, which is a very fitting topic for January 1st, is making room for revelation. Making room for revelation. I loved the songs. Yet again, the Holy Spirit, you can see how he guides keep in in choosing the songs because all of them fit with what we're talking about today. He didn't know the themes that we were looking at. But think about it. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. We want to see Jesus. Open the eyes. That is our prayer this morning, Lord, that you would open the eyes of our hearts to see you more fully as we look at your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's look at our scripture, which is Luke chapter 2, 21 to 40. So today we're, we're thinking about how we make room for revelation. We're often so busy that we miss the deeper things that God is doing around us, don't we? We're so busy. We miss the deeper things. But God comes into the world in astonishing ways, and we make room for him by perceiving the world with wonder. So let's read his word. Luke 2, 21. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. And we'll just pause there for a second. So on the eighth day, Jesus was circumcised, but 33 days later, they had to go to um, Jerusalem for purification rites of Mary and for the dedication of the firstborn son. That was, those were both requirements in the law, because the woman had to stay home for 40, 40 days and then had to go to offer a sacrifice. And we know that Mary and Joseph are poor because they could either choose a pair of doves or two young pigeons, and those were the sacrifices that poor people were allowed to offer because they couldn't afford the, um, the more expensive sacrifices. Carrying on from uh, verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel 
and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of when Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Have you ever been in the darkness for a long time and longing for the light? Either in physical darkness, Maybe in the winter months or maybe in sleepless nights. I often have not for hours in the middle of the, the night. And I know lots of you are. Many of you have mentioned that you have trouble sleeping when you're up in the night. Or in mental or emotional or spiritual darkness and longing for light. I uh, had a time of postpartum depression after I had been. And um, there were months that I was longing for the sunrise, longing for the light. And it was fall, and the days were getting longer, or the days were getting shorter, the darkness was getting longer. And it was dark, I, was, I, I had four kids at home, I was home with him, I was home with four kids, and trying to nurse him back to, he was, he was five weeks early, and um, there was just this time, this, these months, I can barely remember them. It was like I was under a cloud in this postpartum depression, and um, it was very dark. And I clung to the sunrises each and every morning. I'd get up and the Lord would speak to me and encourage me through the sunrises that came. Well, this is where Simeon's been. Simeon has been waiting his whole life for the consolation of Israel. Consolation comes from that word console, right? To comfort, to save, to bring relief, to bring relief. He was waiting for the Messiah. And he'd been promised by the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he had seen the salvation of Israel. And he was an old man. He hadn't seen it yet. He was waiting. And he was waiting. He was in that time of darkness. That time of darkness. It reminds me of the verse in Isaiah. Um, Isaiah 60, 1 to 3. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. That's what Isaiah the prophet promised, that in the darkness, in all of this darkness, 
And that's in our scripture. That's exactly what Simeon says. He says, My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. This just isn't for the Israelites. This goes beyond the people of Israel. It's a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. And you see the sunrise. This is Jesus coming in the darkness. This is the light of the world coming to bring light to all people. I just want to pause for a minute, and I want us to just be before the Lord. Are you longing for the light? Are you in a time of darkness? Spiritually, mentally, physically? Uh, are you in a time of darkness where you're longing for the light? And what does it look like to keep watch for the light? Let's just be before the Lord for a minute. Just think about your own situation. Where are you watching for your light to come and bring Show us, Lord. Show us how, like Simeon, to watch for the light, to wait for the light with expectation, trusting that you will come into Let's put up the uh, the painting that he's painting um, for this week. Just take a look at it. Oh. There it is. So this is Simeon. Holding the baby Jesus with Mary and Joseph. Just let your eyes wander towards the painting and see how the Lord speaks. <coughs> in our lives, 
And we're going to have a time at the end where we're going to share, anybody that wants to, of where we can bear witness to God's work in our life. Bear witness to the light. Bear witness to what we do. So be thinking about that. Let the Lord lead you if you have something to share. So when we have eyes to see and we perceive the world with wonder, then we see God in the flesh and we want to tell the world about you know that our witness is so powerful that it's listed as one of the three things in the book of Revelation that overcomes the enemy. Right? The blood of the Lamb, what Jesus has done, and the word of our testimony, the witness of what God has done for us. So be an encouragement with your testimony. And that we not love our life so much that we shrink. Sometimes we discount the small things that God has spoken to us and done for us. But Simeon is a great example of how something small is a divine witness. Simeon is here in the Christmas story. But what he did was he waited with hope for the Messiah. He had eyes to see. And he embraced Jesus when he came. That's it. And we think, wow, that's really small. But that's really powerful. He, he bore witness to who Christ was just by being obedient to wait for him and to embrace him when he came. So Simeon had eyes to see when others didn't. He had eyes to see. The Holy Spirit was on him. So he could see something that Right? Completely normal. Mary and Joseph taking a baby up to Jerusalem to do their normal sacrifices. So it was very normal. But Simeon had eyes to see. Eyes to see that this is extraordinary. This was the Messiah, the comfort of Israel, the consolation, the relief that they had waited for, the light of the world. So he had eyes to see. Also, he was moved by the Spirit. He wasn't spectating. He was participating. How often do we stand back and we say, God doesn't talk to us. He talks to everybody else, but he doesn't talk to us. You know what? The shepherd has words for all of us. The shepherd, we have that promise in John 10 that we can all hear his voice. And he wants to lead all his people. And so, don't be spectators. 2023, engage, respond with wonder. Ask Jesus, speak to me, I want to hear you. Because he loves you and he will speak to you. And I just want to highlight, I mean, I, I would love, at the end of my life, someone to say the word Holy Spirit three times within these three sentences. If you look at the scripture, it says, Simeon was waiting for the consolation of, of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. Okay? First of all, the Holy Spirit was on him. Then it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. So he received the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And then in the third sentence, right there, it says, moved by the Spirit. So he walked in step with the Spirit. He allowed himself to be moved by the Spirit. What a goal for 2023. Right? For all of us, that the Holy Spirit would be on us, that we would accept the revelation of the Holy Spirit, and that we would be moved by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. This is, this is just so rich, this scripture. I never see this scripture. I just love it. 
spectator, you said, this is the Messiah, and now your promise has been fulfilled. Amazing, amazing. So, one of the growing times in our world is spectating. We spectate on other people's lives on social media watching that we're hesitant to enter in. Let's have 2023 be a year of entering in, of not spectating, of saying, I want more of you, Lord. I want to enter in. I want more of you. Jesus, in his life, was moved to compassion. He didn't just spectate. He was moved to compassion. He was moved to action. Compassion means that we're so disturbed on the inside that we're moved to action. When we enter into things, we experience God in the overflow. That is how we bear witness. When we, we experience the Lord, how He's meeting us, and we are moved to, as a witness, we, we just overflow and bear witness. Just like the painting, you see, you see the overflow of the Holy Spirit from, from Simeon. It's amazing. So, um, how can we see God's our prayers that we have eyes to see in ways that see past the ordinary, like Simeon did. He saw past the ordinary uh, traveling to, to, circum or traveling to, um, the, to Jerusalem to offer these sacrifices. The ordinary things of life, how can we see past what, what is ordinary is to what God is doing? Let's stop for a minute and ask the Lord to show us where he's at work somewhere in our lives, maybe it's within a relationship, maybe it's in our neighborhood, maybe it's in, in our family, but there's somewhere where, where God is at work and he wants us to see it in a different way. He wants us to join him in his work. So we're going to pause and just ask, Lord, show us with your eyes, give us new eyes to see past the ordinary. Where are you at work that we don't see? You know, I did a, a Bible study years and years and years ago called Experiencing God by Henry Blossom. Some of you may have done that. And the, I don't remember much about it, but I will always remember this line. God is always at work, and we need to join him in the work that he's done. We need to ask him to show us where he's already at work and join him in that work. And so that is my prayer for all of us this year, that we will watch for where God is at work, we will see with new eyes, and we will ask the Lord to help us join him in what he's already doing, to bear witness to what he's doing, to experience him. So we are going to take a few minutes, and we want to hear from you 
restored Simeon who waited in the darkness for so long for the light to come, but waiting with expectation. And I love that you bought the gifts on the birthday and Christmas. That is really waiting with expectation. When you were losing hope, that was choosing to buy, choosing to wait with expectation, actively moving in action with whatever you could do to know the Lord was it's just a beautiful story. Thank you so much, Jerry. Thank you. 
my all other money that she was owning somewhere else, those are she had to say that. She said that when someone gives you that money, use that money and say what you are owning me. And she was making those statements. And when this was about to be baptized and in fact I came over, I just did not like that. I tell that um no I tell a person was coming. There was some issue that was happening that I we told him that he stopped. And uh, this was like, no, I'm not stopping that I have to be baptized. <coughs> and he was baptized. <coughs> she was baptized out on that day when this was baptized, she died, but she didn't know like where the stress came from because she was Is obedience. 
and it opens up into something that you would never believe, something incredible. And he really changed that word obedience for me to show me that obedience was a door into life and into abundance and into, as we walk in step with the Spirit, what the Spirit shows us and teaches us, what he has for us, he gives us eyes to see incredible things, incredible things. Obedience to his voice is life. It's not restriction. It's, it's life. It's following in step with the Spirit. Well, this has been amazing to be together, to start the year with our eyes focused on Jesus, asking for him to reveal to us new things, to help us see ordinary things in extraordinary ways through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that we are brothers and sisters in you because of your death and resurrection. You have brought us life. Father, I thank you for all the testimonies as we have borne witness today to your life, active life in us, the ways that your Holy Spirit has guided us and, and uh, led us and helped us to bear witness to you and to your love. Father, we pray for more. We pray for eyes to see past the ordinary to the extraordinary, even in the little things, the little moments. May we cling to your promises and cling to the hope that you are faithful. Father, we ask that we would be moved by the Holy Spirit. We ask that we would um, respond to the Holy Spirit in obedience. Walk in step with the Holy Spirit this year. Father, we trust and we know. We have, we are confident you go before us into this year. You come behind us. You have a path for each one of us. You have good plans for each one of us. So we give you all the honor and glory. We lift your name high. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks, Seth. It's wonderful, as always. So rich. The stuff is so rich. Um, before we take up an offering, I just want to uh, pray for Sandy. Uh, her brother is, I guess Sandy, it would be safe to say this week, is, is what the doctors are saying. Um, and he knows the Lord, and uh, so that's the biggest issue. He knows the Lord. But it's still very hard. It's very hard when someone you love is passing and he leaves behind a family. Uh, so, Father, we just pray today uh, for Sandy's brother. What is Sandy? What's his name? I'm sorry. Neil? Dale. That's right, too. Dale. Father, we pray for Dale. And, Lord, we have always said that you control our days. Not a disease, not a doctor, not somebody's prognosis. You do. And Father, if it is your will to take him home this week, uh, we thank you for showing him where his home is, that he is not facing this in any kind of fear or despair, but that all of that has been taken care of. I pray for Sandy and the family left behind. I pray, Lord, your peace and your grace. And even in this, Father God, they would have a beautiful revelation of you in some way, shape, or form through the family and through this experience. Let it be a thing of a parting, but a joyful parting in some ways in the spiritual realm, Father God. So we thank you for what you're doing, and we pray your peace in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So, speak off. Yeah, okay. You want to go over and pray for her? Lord, we just uh, pray for Gertrude today. Father, we thank you that you care for us. I thank you that the way you work through the body is not just through one person, but through the whole body. And thank you for speaking to Judy to say that you, Lord, are concerned about Gertrude today. So, Father, we stand in agreement with your love and grace and mercy for Gertrude. Father, we pray your spirit of strength and your spirit of peace on her. Let her know that she is in your hands. Let her know that all is well. That, Father God, uh, again, Gertrude, I see the picture of you just reposing, just kind of leaning back in God's hand and just resting in him. There is nothing that needs to be done. The Lord has got you. He's holding you. So, Father, we just put this peace on her this morning and that you are with her, Father God. And we pray your healing in whatever way you would want to administer it to Gertrude. We know you care for her and we pray that, Lord, your healing in Jesus' name would touch whatever part and, uh, of her that you want to touch. But, Lord, we thank you most of all that you are with her, holding her, and you have her in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, speaking of obedience, let's take up an offering. Yeah,